And I was kind of really preparing to leave the therapy world. And then I think that's about when COVID happened and stuff was moving online. And I was like, oh, wait, I am a good therapist. Like I was stuck in a system that I was not a good match for. What is up, sweet, beautiful friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Life Coach Baker podcast, where we talk about all things perfectionism, overwhelm, burnout, and how to overcome these very annoying and yet very present things in our life. Today, I wanted to have on just a a wicked smart person like on the podcast to talk about burnout, to talk about, we actually get into people-pleasing quite a bit. It was just such a wonderful conversation. Her name is Alicia Johnson. She's a licensed therapist and burnout coach. She experienced burnout and has found meaningful ways to create a career out of it without sacrificing her own mental health. And we actually do talk about that quite a bit on the episode. She's not only incredibly passionate about empowering women to be able to achieve a balanced life, but she's also very keen on that word balanced. One of the things that um, just really I, I enjoyed so much about her is we talk about not going into the black and whites. You know, so often when we hear the word burnout, it's like, okay, well, you have to change everything in your life and da 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 da. And she so does not roll that way. And um, I just, I loved that. She was always talking about like little, you know, teeny tiny changes that we can make in our life that actually compound to make a huge difference. So this is an episode you will definitely want a notebook for. You'll definitely want to have some, um, maybe like a notes app or something open because she just drops so many good nuggets. But without further ado, I welcome to the show, Alicia Johnson. Welcome, Alicia Johnson, to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here because we, we've we talked about burnout on the show, but I think it's important to talk about it more. <laughs> like, um. I'm I'm curious what what are your thoughts on burnout right now like as a society right now before we dive into like your story and your backstory I'm curious as to like what you think about burnout in today's day and age I think we're in a really like pivotal time right now in our society because I think I think burnout's always been around but we didn't really have the language or could really express it and so we had a lot of this hustle mentality this is what we had to do and so I really think since COVID there's been a shift in our society where we're putting our needs first especially around work and at home and so while I think we're seeing it a lot more I think it's because we're almost allowing those needs to be met and like Hey, we I think something's always been off, but we're finally feeling empowered to be able to to do something about it. So it's almost like a double-edged sword in a way. I agree completely. And it, it's like I because one of the things I've noticed is in the past probably, yeah, two years since COVID really, um, since like lockdown officially lifted, it feels like the word burnout has been so tossed around almost to the point where, and I don't know if you, you agree on this, like almost to the point where it feels like it's been numbed. Mm-hmm. Like people will be like, Oh, I'm so burnt out. And it's like, that's just like the, the base level human programming. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I'd be curious. Do you, do you see that at all? Or is that not so much on your scope? 
I think so. And I think we see that with a lot of different just mental health terms. Again, pros and cons to everything. So I think with TikTok and Instagram and stuff, we're talking more about our struggles and our issues, which is amazing. But then we hear these buzzwords and it's like, oh, everything is this. And sometimes some of the complexities and nuances can get lost. And so while I'm very thankful that people are talking about their exhaustion or their stress or whatever is going on, sometimes it can become numb or nuanced. And then some of the impact of the true burnout can get lost sometimes in those conversations. I'd love to dive into those positives and negatives a little bit more. Um, and I'll, I'll let you decide which one do you want to begin with? But um, I, I think that this is something that a lot of people listening could, could use some more depth on. Yeah. Well, and so I primarily work with a lot of like young adults and teenagers. And so I try to really talk about pros and cons of social media because you try to tell someone like, oh, don't go on TikTok. And they're going to like instantly just like ignore anything yeah. I say. And so it's <laughs> like, no, there can't. <laughs> yeah, there can be positives, right? I think it can be a sense of community. I think so many times I've had clients you can use social media in a good way where it's like, hey, I saw this thing on TikTok and they're talking about um, ADHD or anxiety or trauma. Like, can you tell, help me understand this a little bit more? So we can blend the like more nuanced everyday language and then get real answers and people can feel seen and not feel so alone. Of, I've heard so many people say, oh my God, I thought this was just me and I thought I was crazy. And so people sharing their stories to feel heard in a community, I think is beautiful. I think those cons can be it's social media and oftentimes these videos are like 90 seconds or something. So to be able to adequately and correctly describe those complexities is impossible. And so things we can feel overlooked or we can hear some of these more influencer type people not always getting the opportunity to describe those nuances. And then it could be overgeneralized and that can just be misinformation. Um, or we can kind of start doom scrolling and comparing ourselves to people. I'm sure with perfectionism, some of the audience can. I know I've been guilty of like just scrolling and being like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. So that's are some of the cons that I try to like warn people of. of like yeah. it's good community, great information. Take it with a grain of salt. Also, don't doom scroll. <laughs> It is, it is so funny to me because like whenever I'm on a call with a client or maybe like a, a, a possible client, we'll talk about, oh, you know, like I'm feeling really like low motivation. I feel like I'm just never enough. I feel like I'm never going to get to where I want to be. And I'm like, I asked them, I'm like, when do those feelings tend to rise up the most? Like when do those really tend to show themselves? And they're like, oh, I like after I scroll through Instagram or after I scroll through TikTok. And I'm like, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> like, and I'm not, and I agree with you. It's not to say like, get off those apps entirely. If you need to do like a cleanse, I've seen wonders work from those, yes. but like, it's not all or nothing. Right. Cause that's also mm-hmm. a very perfectionist and um, mentality, but it is saying, okay, like when I do start to feel that feeling, mm-hmm. I notice it. And then I say, okay, close let's go outside or let me listen to a podcast that makes me feel really inspired or let me call a friend, like something that will instead get you into forward momentum rather than like, Oh God, I'm never enough. I'm horrible. Yes. And I love that awareness piece of it too. Cause I love the gray as well. I think so much times we can find this black and white all or nothing. And so it's like, Hey, you can use it 
And then just be aware of the impact it has. Get really in tune with how you're feeling. And I think like the function of it too. Like a lot of my clients like to use it as a distraction technique. So I'm like, yeah, look at the cute cat videos. Like that's a good dopamine rush. When we start comparing ourselves and looking at the perfect mom bloggers or the perfect organization things, and then we start feeling shame or guilt towards something, that's not using social media in a helpful way. No. How does social media affect burnout, do you think? Oh, that's a great question. I think so. I think there's like two main ways that I, I see burnout. I think part of it is it's an escape. So, mm-hmm. so many times with burnout, we are so overwhelmed and drained with everything around us that it is an escape route. It is something that is quick and easy just to get that dopamine or where we can get lost in these different videos and and worlds. And so it can feel like it's a helpful coping tool. But again, if we use anything at the extremes, it can be not. Um, But then I also think so many people are, especially since COVID, I think people have turned to content creation as more of a full-time job. And so we're seeing these stay-at-home mom bloggers who become influencers and travel bloggers and cooking bloggers and organizers. And we start saying, well, why can't I be that? And we can then start being in this shame spiral and this hopelessness. And we start comparing ourselves to these people. It's like, well, they made it successful. Why can't I? I must be doing something wrong. I must not be doing enough. And then those really those negative thoughts can really start um, tearing us down. Oh, that was so well put. I know one of the things that I do whenever, like, if burnout tends to show up, which I'm very fortunate, it doesn't show up very often, if ever, really. But like when it did pretty regularly, when that was like a base level for me, it was like constant it was constant feeling just so tired and so at energy level zero. And because of that, I just feel like anything that turns my mind off, like anything. So I'd go to, you know, Gilmore girls, a show that I've seen probably in the hundreds, like I'm not joking or like, you know, scrolling or something like that. Something that doesn't help fill me back up. Mm -hmm. Something that keeps me numbed. Mm -hmm. And instead it's like, Oh, I could have gone to sleep. (laughs) I could have slept or I could have, you know, I could have would have shut up, but it is, I I do, I do notice for me, because I think that this can be very personalized. Like for me, one of the telltale signs is if I'm spending way too much time on the app, which is why I have actually an app limit on those things. But like, if I I had to do that on the app, that's a telltale sign to me where it's like, Oh, I actually am feeling really tired. And I notice I'm numbing. Um, Is there something else I can do that's not numbing and not energy, but that will restore me? I love that. I often use with my clients something called like low energy tasks. So it's like sometimes we have like low, medium or high energy things. And so it's like, again, it's finding the gray and all that. And so it's like, hey, scrolling is a very low energy task for most people. How else can you fulfill that need without exhausting the cup that's already empty. Like, is there something else you can do with that? And so I love that, that language and that example you used. I wish, like, I know this is an audio show, but people, like, I, w- I wish people could just see like, like oh, I love this. Like, I love this so much. Okay. Let's go into this. So what are some other low energy tasks that you you've seen be like more of those 
I don't like the word productive here because that sounds like I have to like be hustling or I have to be doing things, but like that are more helpful than more numbing tasks. And I'd love to hear some low, medium and highs out of curiosity. So obviously it's going to depend on like what that specific like person's energy is and what their goal is. But I think for my audience, a lot of them like some sort of physical activity and they know that the benefits of it are really helpful. But when they've worked all day, they come home, they take care of their family. Like the last thing they have any energy for is like to do like a full workout. And so we'll break that into well, can you scroll YouTube and maybe save some videos for the weekend? That way you don't have to scroll and, and you know, use that time when you're ready and have that energy to work out. Can you do some gentle stretches while laying in bed? Can you, um, you see like walk around the room or, or go grab a glass of water or something, or maybe write down some tasks that you can put off this weekend so you can still prep for that um, gratitude might be a good thing. So it's like, can you just write down one thing even? And sometimes I'm like, it can be so small. Sometimes my gratitude is my cat is like goofy some days or that coffee exists. Like it doesn't have to be that I won the lottery. Um, so those would be more of like those small ish, lower energy things. Medium, that's where I see the most variability. Cause obviously that's going to really depend on, on everyone, but sometimes that might be, um, like walking around the block or, doing a 15 minute yoga, maybe cooking a, a light lunch, grabbing a snack, texting a friend for a quick five minute chat, something that fills that cup, but maybe doesn't take as much time out of their day. Yeah. And then those high energy things would be like when they're feeling like their most jazz self, maybe that is going to a Pilates class or cooking your favorite dessert or making a nice home cooked meal for your family with your, that's your comfort food that you just are really excited to do. Um, or heck, maybe planning some long-term goals or something that gets you really excited. God, I love that. I love that framework. That is mm, just chef's kiss. So good. Um, I would love to get into your burnout story. Um, cause given that you coach a lot of people on burnout and you're a therapist and all this beautiful stuff, what was your moment that you realized like, Oh, burnout is a part of my life. Yeah, I think so. I've had burnout twice. One that was hidden. So I think when I actually put the word burnout to my story was the second time. And it's when I was going to leave the field. I was like, I can't be a therapist anymore. I don't think I'm good at my job. I don't think I'm helping anyone. I just don't have any energy left. I'm not being a good human to the people that are in my life. And I think I'm going to go be, I think I want to be like, I think I just studied like some political science stuff. I'm like, I'm going to go like make big change in this realm. Um, and then I, I, I even enrolled in a few classes and I was kind of really preparing to leave the therapy world. And then I think that's about when COVID happened and stuff was moving online. And I was like, oh, wait, I am a good therapist. Like I was stuck in a system that I was not a good match for. And when I had more time at home to go for walks and um, have some good conversations with my family and I was very intentional with things, I was like, oh, I'm connecting with my clients a lot better maybe I am a good therapist. Maybe I can stick this out. And it really like freed me from blaming myself about I'm not doing enough. I'm not a good fit to really empowering and finding 
what I needed to be able to succeed in my job. Oof. So you mentioned, um, we were off air when you mentioned this, but I'd love to dive into it because you mentioned that you're a very routine person. Were those routines in place prior to COVID or were they in place after or during COVID and after? Oh, so I think I used to be, so I've talked about a continuum a little bit, and I think I used to be really rigid in my routines. That was a way where I could take off some of my mental load and I had to like stick to those routines to a T. Otherwise I would feel like severe distress and I would be very overwhelmed and flustered. Now I would say I'm more in middle leaning still towards a little bit more structured and rigid. Um, but I have a little bit more flexibility now because I don't need that to survive. And so while I still like routines and I think it really just does help with the mental load, if I can set some of the not fun parts of my job, like I really love my job, but I always love doing paperwork or some financial things. So if I can find those areas and create routines with that, that helps me get going but I don't need as much structure with like my clients times and um, like networking things. I get to be a little bit more spontaneous because those things fill up my cup. So I'm less in survival mode, but I still do like some of that mental load off of my plate with those routines. When you were in survival mode, excuse me, when you were in survival mode, what, well, for what, what helped you get out of it? Or maybe it's a who, um, or both, but what were some things that helped you get out of, I, I hate the like survive to thrive. Cause it just sounds so Instagram buzzwordy, but I don't know how else right. to describe it. Like what took you from there to feeling like you were like had, had it cleared the surface of the water? Yeah. For me, it really was support. And I think Part of my perfectionism and burnout stemmed from I didn't want to burden other people. And so I had to do it all. Otherwise, I was a failure. I was going to stress other people out. And so when I finally started to like let my partner in a little bit or talk to my supervisors and they were able to like help take some of that load off and they didn't view me any differently, they still saw that I was still a hardworking, good person. I allowed myself, I mean, it was a journey, you know, it's not a overnight thing, but really just having those people that I could say, Hey, I really need your help with this this week. I've got a lot on my plate and they didn't blink twice about it. Mm -hmm. And it was very unconditional support and care and encouragement. So for me, that was, it was, it took a village and that was a huge part of my perfectionism, letting those walls down and being like, I'm not a burden to ask for help it's okay if this isn't perfect, they're still going to accept me. And then they did. And it was really freeing. I feel so seen right now. (laughs) I feel so seen. Can can you, do you have like a a moment or maybe there is a, there's a moment, especially with your partner, because I know a lot of people have mentioned to me who listen to the show or clients of mine. And I, I, I am still tackling this side of my perfectionism as well of that letting the walls down. Um, and I'll explain a little further. Like for instance, I was, um, I'm, I'm getting married in June. And, um, as a result, like, you know, I have like the bridal shower coming up and, you know, like the bachelorette party, we're doing a combined ones, bachelorette, bachelor, bachelorette party. Like 
But in the bridal shower, especially because that one's literally next weekend, I had a lot of like anxiety around it because, and what I, what I realized is that it was because going into this, I'm very used to people and actually I'm not very used to this. I'm more comfortable with, you know, people celebrating or people kind of making me the center of attention if it's around a work achievement. You know, I built my own business. So like that, though, those kinds of congratulations I've learned to like really absorb and like kind of take in to be like, yeah, like that's really cool. I did do that. When it comes to personal Nicole, however, she, I, I've not dealt with that yet. And I, this is what made me really realize it because I didn't really have it on my radar and so I realized I was having so much anxiety around coming up to this event because I was like, I am going to be the center of attention. People are going to be there congratulating me. And I'm so uncomfortable. And it felt very like, oh my God, I'm a burden because I'm making people come up to this place. Like da, 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 da. And I was in the shower just like bawling my eyes out. Like, <laughs> And Brett, my fiance comes in. He's like, hello. And I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> right. And he talked to me through the curtain and just like walked me through everything. He's done a lot of therapy. Aww. And so he was just total champ to, to walk me through that. And he, he came, it, it basically boiled down to like, people are allowed to love you for just you being you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was mind boggling to me mm-hmm. in that moment. And I'm like, I'm even almost like tearing up in, in the middle of this. So like, and I'm not the only one with stories like this. I've heard yeah. dozens and dozens from people who listen so I'd love to um, unpack that side if, or if you have like a specific story or a moment, because um, I know a lot of people can relate to that. I can't. That's a beautiful like moment that like, I don't, I don't have that specific moment, but like how good for both of you guys. Like you both have done some work and communicated well. I think for, for me and my partner, it's been a lot more of like the small moments, like Mm -hmm. nothing immediately stands out, but I really think really something around COVID time really changes. Cause I think there was a lot of just personal stuff with like our families going on at that time. So it allowed us to just have some really deep, vulnerable conversations more about just stress and anxiety and worries and having kind of like plan A and plan B in case some things we also during that time, we were also planning a move. And so it just like really required a lot of like intentional conversations. And um, he was in his PhD program. And so like, we both were just really busy. And so for us, I think that's the keyword intentional, we would like set up weekly times be like, okay, we're going to kind of put stuff in a box, make these little mental notes, and let's, let's sit down, let's talk about this, where we can be really present with each other and hear each other out. And we became like a really big team at that. It's like we were fighting against all the other stress and tackling that together. Um, and so I think just helping him helping find a house and I would remember being like oh my gosh I'm so anxious I don't know where we're gonna live I'm gonna look at Zillow at five different cities and he's like okay like well here's how I can help and kind of took some of that off my plate without me having to ask at first and then when I saw that I was like oh I can ask and so that was super helpful I guess that's maybe the one that stands out more um, otherwise, it was just a lot of those small, little intentional moments. I love, I first of all, the word intentionality is just so beautiful. I love that you guys had like a, a weekly meeting or like that, like, you know, that regular, uh, I love that. That's so good. For anyone who's 
feeling that I'll call it people pleaser, just to kind of put a blanket term over it. Um, what are some things that you recommend for them? Therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) That's what I had to do for my people pleasing. Um, that really showed up more in like my family of like, I really just lost my voice with my family and it came from a caring place. I was like, I love these people so much. They've done so much for me. I can push my stuff aside for a little bit because I want to show them how much I care. And then that's not how our bodies work. And I would notice that I would get stressed or I felt invalidated or heard by no fault of their own because they had no idea what was going on and what I was needing. And so I finally took the bullet and I went to therapy and And it really was just challenging that inner critic that I had of saying that, oh, they're like, I felt like I did all like this fortune telling of like, oh, they're going to think this, they're going to do this. And then I'm, I'm like, wait, but I don't know. And for my family, they've always been this unconditionally supportive, loving family. So like, where did my brain get this filter that thought that I was going to be a burden because there's been no evidence of that. But my brain just took in these various messages and was like, nope, you can't ask for help. So I think going to therapy, but also starting small is what I tell my clients. Like it's a really vulnerable thing to go from like never asking for help or or letting people in to then like suddenly letting everything in and being this open book. Like it doesn't have to be that all or nothing. So even if it's find a small task around the house that you don't care as much about. Um, like for me, it's some laundry stuff. So it's like, okay, I could start with do this. I don't have as much of an emotional connection to it. So I'm not going to get as distressed, kind of see how that pans out. And then I can kind of build my way up to the things that maybe do have a little bit more meaning to it. And then I'd be able to kind of handle that, that distress and that uncomfortability that comes with that. What are some things that you do intentionally now um, or that you're really mindful about now um, throughout your day to day that keep you from either burning out or getting overwhelmed or kind of what are some of those like, I don't know if maintaining is the right word, but um, yeah, I'll use maintaining. Yeah. For me, I need a midday walk, like Mm. body movement for me, especially because I work in my house. So I sometimes never leave my four walls. I don't interact with a lot of humans like outside of my, my computer screen. And so for me, getting outside, even if it's, I like I tell people, even if it's five minutes, like it doesn't have to be a long hike. Sometimes I'll just literally walk around my apartment complex Um, But it gets you outside, do some deep breathing. If I really need, like if I'm having a really busy day, um, doing like a five senses or a grounding technique outside to just really engross myself with the nature aspect and really like daylight savings time coming back and like an extra hour sunlight. I'm like, oh, seasonal affective disorder is a real thing. Like (laughs) sunlight for me is huge. And then like... I also am really intentional with small little breaks throughout the day of just like goofy small things. So it's like if I'm back to back sessions, I'm going to go like wake my cat up and just like 
tell him how cute he is. And, or sometimes I will set my like timer for five minutes. And one of my Instagram account, I have an Instagram account for my cat. So that Instagram is all tailored for just cat videos. So I'm like, okay, I know I can mindlessly scroll for five minutes and get this little boost, um, get my favorite tea or something. So the small moments have a huge impact on me prioritizing myself, taking care of myself and being able to do the hard work that I have to do throughout the day. I love that. I didn't even think about having like a specific account curated for like 10 out of 10 on video. I love yeah. that idea. Yeah. Out of curiosity, as you're like being a, a therapist, I, I would assume you get a lot of very deep, 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 heavy conversations throughout the day. How do you keep yourself in high spirits without like absorbing client stress or anything like that? I've never really had that problem of absorbing it. I also kind of wonder if like, that's where my people pleaser, like I'm just always kind of been that friend or that family member that could listen and take on that stuff. I think when, I mean, I'm human, so I'm going to have certain days where like certain things do impact me a little bit more. And on those days, I will come back to sunlight, apparently, like I will literally lay on my floor in the sun, like feel like I'm a lizard or a cat, just lay in the sun, my cat comes up. And like, I always watch a game show after work. And so it's just like something so mindless and goofy, um, Mm -hmm. just to kind of reset and recharge. If it's still sticking with me after that, I will talk with whatever I can. I'm obviously not allowed to talk about specific details with my partner, but I might say, hey, like I had a really tough session today. My brain's just having a really hard time slowing down. Can we go for a walk? Can we go like, grab some dinner or something? You know, like So I'll incorporate him to what I'm allowed to share about more of just how I'm feeling. Um, so again, it came down to like asking for help too, whereas maybe years ago when I really didn't have those walls built down, I might've held on to that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be my go-to ways when I do have a human day as a therapist. I love that. What's your favorite game show? So there's one called chain reaction and it's like connects these two words. So I'm trying to find like, if it was like note and then like the following word, you have to guess what connects it and it'd be like book. And then the following word be like book club and then club house or something like that. And so I'm like weirdly good at it. And so I think like sometimes my brain, like if I want to feel productive that day, I'm just like crushing this game show and I'm like, Oh, I'm still good at something. It's a good like ego boost. I love that so much. Literally we were watching, uh, uh, my fiance's family will sometimes have like Jeopardy or, um, oh my gosh, Wheel of Fortune or stuff like that on. And they're all really good at it because they'll just, you know, watch it regularly. And I'm like, Jeopardy is hit or miss, but like Wheel of Fortune, I have never felt stupider. <laughs> like, I have never felt like dumber just watching that. 
And then we'll watch like um, I, one of my favorite game shows, which is not really a game show. I think it had one season and it's donezo, um, is like the Harry Potter game show. There was one like yes. the House of Champions or something. Crushed that one. But that's a very niche, <laughs> very niche game show. Yeah, they need that for season two for you. I wish. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I think I think they they had a one one hit wonder and then it was just so <laughs> but that's okay at least I have that one right oh my gosh this has been amazing I I've loved having you on here I'd love to talk about the fact that you and I are right now a part of a very large bundle with Morgan Levy called the mindful professional bundle and we each have things that we are offering to that and I think there's like 30 of us third 25 30 of us something like that it's a good crew there's Buku, buku amount of things in there. Um, but you have a beautifully named offer in there, and I just I need you to talk about it. Go for it. It is called Feeling the Burn, parentheses out. So feeling the burnout. It's a like mini course, about 45 minute recorded video of the more like I like to envision it as just like a quick intro. So it's gonna be very just like matter of fact. It's not gonna be a lot of fluff. It's gonna be those early warning signs of burnout, a lot of that awareness we were talking about earlier. Um, going to be some tangible tools that you can do immediately. So a lot of times people think burnout needs to be these really big, intense, scary changes. And while those are wonderful things to do, I don't know about those folks, but when I was burned out, I didn't have the energy to do that. So they're very small, tangible things that they can do immediately after watching it. Um, and it's all pre-recorded so people can go at their own pace because I know folks are busy. They got a lot on their plate. So it's a nice little primer for folks to be able to carve some time out for themselves and um, take care of their, their mental health. I cannot wait to get my hands on this thing. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm so freaking excited. And there, I mean, there's so many different um, offers in there. There's mini courses, there's meditations. Some of them are ranging from like $37 to $197. Like it's absolutely amazing. And the best part about this, in my opinion, is like you pay one price for a ticket and you get access to all of them. You do not have to pay the $197 to get access to the $197 course. And it's just included all on the bundle. And um, for those of you who are interested in what I'm offering, it is Unsubscribing from Perfectionism, which is a three-part mini course, all diving into the three different styles of perfectionism. What is it doing to hold you back? How can we overcome that side of perfectionism? What are some small, I'm right there with you on this one. It's small tactical things. It's not those big, big, big overwhelming things that you feel like you have to make a 90 degree turn in your life. It's these small little things that you can do to overcome this thing that's holding you back majorly. And so we go into each of those styles of perfectionism and you can uh, use a little workbook to like make things, everything personal to you. It's really fun. I've loved it. It's been probably one of my most popular courses to offer, but you get access to that instantly with the bundle. And again, there's like 40 other things that you don't have to get access to immediately. You will have the link to sign up for the mindful professional bundle in the show notes. Um, I'd love to hear where people can find you, where they can follow you, where they can learn more about you, all the things. Yes, I'm most active on Instagram. So my handles, Alicia Johnson, LMFT. 
uh, post lots of what I like to think are funny reels and sometimes spicy videos about just the systemic impact of burnout in our society. And um, it's a good little outlet there. I like to give some fun offers and, and information there. I'm also on Facebook under the under Alicia Johnson Online Therapy. And that's also my website title. Um, I've got a blog as well. People can read where I talk a lot more about tangible things that people can do about mental load, overwhelm, um, small self-care things with other people, all sorts of, again, small, tangible things. So blog would be on my website. Oh, I love it. And then I have two questions for you that I always ask every guest. And first and foremost, how were you a perfectionist this week? That's a great question. I don't think I was this week. I really don't. Because I think think it really helped that my routine was so off and I might be sleep deprived. And so I'm like, my my room is a mess. I like have things on my to-do list all week. I think if anything, maybe like packing for a trip. Okay, that's it. There we go. I'll just back up to last week is like packing for my vacation. I was like, I need to have the house clean. So I come back to a clean house to make sure I'm going to check my list four times. So there we go. Last week, perfectionist came out. This week, I'm too tired to be a perfectionist. (laughs) I love it. And honestly, that just shows how much the like the capital work can impact you so like I mean literally because I don't know about you but back when I was in my perfectionism if I came back and like my to-do list wasn't done or if I even take like a few days off I would come back and be like okay now I work four times as hard to make sure I catch up and make sure do 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 and now it's like that is just I will I always have a day where I like ease back in it's like yesterday I barely worked it was just you know a nice little easing back in day but it took a lot of work to get there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite there yet. Last week, I still had my full caseload, but not in a full week. And I'm like, oh, there's my next space too. Is I'm learning to take the vacations. I need to learn to to take things off of my plate. Yeah. So <laughs> it's even folks, yes, it's a journey, and like new things come along. So last week, the perfectionist came out a little bit more. But see, this is why I also love talking to people who are like experts in their field who still have moments of this. It's like a lot of people put like therapists, coaches, whatever on this pedestal of like, oh, well, you're perfectionism experts. You never experience perfectionism. And that's why I always ask that question because I'm like people who are experts still have moments. And I think it's important because you're not perfect in the way of being anti, you're not a perfectionist anymore. Like that's just not a thing. My second question for you is what is a goal, either big or small that we can celebrate with you right now, either mid mid process of a goal or a goal that just got accomplished. That's another really good question. I really, Oh, is it a goal that I'm like setting? I'm in the early stages of setting. Totally. I really want to start like a walk and talk aspect of my therapy practice, just because like I've said, I think in in some of my stories here, like walking has been so powerful in my journey and my intentional self care. And we just know so much about body movement and our physical health and our mental health intertwined. 
and that talk therapy is not for everyone. And it's great that there's so many options for help for people that I have like this little baby idea of, I really, I put it on my Kanban board. And so I really want to make that happen this summer. Kanban? Can't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like Kanban board. Kanban. What does that stand? Does that mean? And does it stand for anything? I don't know if it stands for anything. I got it from my own business coach. She uses it. And so you put like the task that you want to do and like, individual post-it notes is for a specific task. So instead of like rewriting your entire website, it's like intro paragraph on homepage or change this one picture. And so, and then you have like an in progress section and then you have a done section. And so it's really nice to be able to be like, what do I have the mental energy for today? Again, low energy thing. So if I'm like, Hey, I'm really tired, but I know I'd really like to work on some goals. What are some low energy things that I can do today? Still feel productive, put it in the done pile, get that dopamine rush. Um, and so, cause sometimes some of these projects are really big and it can be really overwhelming too. So I'm probably butchering the name, but there's a really cute YouTube video, Kanban, K-A-N-B-A-N, Kanban board. I'm going to look this up. And also for anyone listening who's out, who's like, oh, that sounds familiar. The things that you're describing with the the sticky notes, we have a name from on the po- the podcast, which is called One Sitting Tasks, like just tasks you can do in one sitting. So I love it when stuff like that crosses over. That's so cool. This has been so fun. <laughs> you're Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Any last parting words of wisdom for perfectionists listening to this episode? Well, just I want to thank you for having us. It's been a blast. And I think this is such a great resource and hopefully people's stories feel heard and understood. And, and I think you kind of already highlighted earlier is that it is a journey. You know, it's a, every day is we're never really just like done being these things. We're going to come up with new challenges. And so don't get discouraged by that. That's a very normal piece of the project and or process. And um, just keep doing your best. That's all we can be doing. Beautiful. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Just a gem, just a gem, a gem of a human, a gem of a person. I love, love, loved getting to talk to her and Y'all, like, I I cannot stress this enough. If you are interested in learning more about burnout and also just a slew of other things, people-pleasing, overwhelm, perfectionism, um, God, just so many different topics, I, I strongly recommend checking out the bundle. I have the link in the show notes to check it out, to snag your um, ticket for the bundle. And again, you pay once for the bundle and you get access to... I think it's minimum $1,000 in courses, in um, meditations, in audio trainings, in PDFs. Like, it is outstanding. And before you hear that and you go, oh my God, that's so many things. I don't really know if I... You can choose whatever you want and leave the rest. In fact, I encourage you to do that. But you'll have access to it for, you know, a while. Like, everything that you download, you will have access to for forever. And so please keep that in mind as you're as you're going through this. And all of these things are shorter courses, which I actually really, really enjoy about it. Um, they're not things you have to commit to for six, seven weeks. They're, you know, things that you can do in one evening or in a weekend. Or like Alicia was saying, you can go at your own pace with it. And I, I just really, really am so excited to be a part of it. Morgan Levy asked us both and um 
it was a, it was a huge honor to be, to be, um, invited in on this bundle. So again, all the links to that are in the show notes. You can sign up, you can learn more about it. Um, you can find both Alicia and I on there. But you all, without further ado, if you enjoyed this episode, please, you know what I'm going to say, share it with a friend, share it on social, tag me and Alicia. Again, she is Alicia Johnson, L-M-F-T, and the link for that is also in the show notes. Um, Share it, tag us, let us know, or even reach out to Alicia and say, hey, I love this episode. It really means so much when you reach out to guests on the show. It just always makes us feel so good, so, so, so good. It's like a big hug. And plus... I think connection is one of those things that I don't know about you all, but I notice how much I'm missing in my life. And so to be able to reach out and say, Hey, I really enjoyed this podcast episode. It made, it meant so much to me. Um, not only makes them feel good, but it also gives you a big hit of feeling good as well. So win, win. Um, if you have not already, please take a moment and rate and review the podcast. You can do it on Google podcasts, Spotify podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the podcasts, all the things, you can do them on there. You can rate the podcast, whatever stars you want, but obviously five would be the preferred number. But you know, it is your life, your choice. You have the power to do whatever you want. Don't let that go to your head. I am feeling all silly and I am going to bid you adieu, my sweet, beautiful friends. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for this episode. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.